0: Our Gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 28. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, See the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with great fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold... Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Hallelujah. This morning, when we got up, the kids were excited that it was Easter and excited because, well, they know their dad told them that they should be excited today, but also excited because they got to search for Easter baskets, right? And so we came upstairs and we were on the main floor, and Eden told them. You all, each of you, have your own Easter basket. However, Asher, our youngest, his was on the basement floor. That was the place of his basket, and he had to find it down there. Isaac, our middle child, his was on the main floor. He had to search for the basket there, and then Joy, her basket was was upstairs. That was the place where it was located. And they, they searched for it uh, joyfully, excitedly, because they knew when they found their basket, what were they going to find? Goodies, right? Chocolate. Right? What else? Any, any? I'm sorry, did someone say chocolate? Yes. Yeah, good. Uh, candy, right? The boys got um, some Pokemon cards. They got some Legos, right? Uh, Peeps, I don't know. There's various opinions um, uh, about peeps. Is that what you want to find in your Easter basket? You, you be the judge there. But they were excited about that. Joy got some, some uh, lip gloss and a squish, mellow thing, stuffed animal that she, she was able to sleep with. And, and they, were, they were excited to go to those places and to find their Easter baskets. This past Lent, these past few weeks we have been going through a series called Places of the Passion, and we have taken some time looking at the various places that Jesus went that week leading up to Easter. Places like the Upper Room, places like the Garden of Gethsemane, places like Caiaphas' home and Pilate's Judgment Hall and Ultimately, Golgotha, where he was nailed to the cross. We can see here, well, let's see. Oh, you know what? I didn't put that one in. All right, I, did, I didn't put it on our map, and I'm sorry. Uh, anyways, those of you who have been with us know that, that we have seen a map of Jerusalem and kind of followed all the places that Jesus has gone Jesus, today, we go to that place, we follow him to that place of the empty tomb. However, when the, the women went to the empty tomb, they didn't expect to find an Easter basket. They weren't expecting to find chocolate or candy or toys. In fact, they were going to the tomb of Christ Expecting to find his dead body. Expecting to grieve him, mourn him. Going to a cemetery. Um, many of us maybe have gone to a graveside before, taken flowers. In this case, they were taking spices to finish his, his body's anointment. But they get there, and it's a whole lot different than the, what they anticipate. They get there, and there is an angel who is bright as light, right? Bright as lightning. And he's there, and there's not only this bright angel, but there's an earthquake shaking the ground. So much it's a great earthquake for what it's worth. Matthew talks about earthquakes a couple of times in his gospel, but this earthquake he calls a great earthquake earthquake. It was huge, and it was such a big earthquake that a couple things happened. First, the soldiers, the guards who had been put there to guard the tomb, if you remember the story, the people, the opponents, the enemies of Jesus, knew he had talked about his resurrection, and they sent soldiers to that tomb to guard it, to seal it, put a rope across it, some seals into, wax seals, so they know if that stone would have been moved. And the soldiers themselves were there guarding the tomb. The earthquake and the angel's presence, it was so big, it was so great, that these soldiers went catatonic, right? They like fell over like dead. So the angel took care of that problem, (laughs) He also took care of the other problem, the big stone that would have been rolled in front of the tomb. right? The, there's no way that uh, two women would have been able to, by themselves, push back this huge stone and look inside themselves It's way more than, it would take several fully grown strong men, like, like iron men kind of uh, guys, to move these stones. The angel moves it. And then when they get there, the angel talks to them and says, I know who you're coming to see. Sorry, not sorry. He's not here. (laughs) He has risen just like he said. Take a look. So the women, maybe stepping over the, Bodies of the guards gently duck down and look into the tomb. Nothing. No one was there. And the angel said, Take a look, and then go back and tell his disciples what has happened. That he is risen, that he'll meet them in Galilee. And so the women faithfully, understandably, returned with a little bit of fear, with a whole lot of joy, and they're running back to meet these disciples in in the house where they're hiding in fear. And on their way, running to this house, (laughs) they get another surprise. The best Easter surprise. Not just an angel this time, as if that weren't enough, but ah, Jesus. Jesus himself. And what does Jesus say? hi, how's it going? And they're like, this is awesome. And he tells them the same thing that the angel had just told these women. Here I am, just like I said. Go tell the disciples that I'm risen. Meet me in Galilee. And so they run and run. After, of course, they fall down and worship Jesus by grabbing his feet. Now uh, what do we what do we do with that? What do we compare that to today? Like the only thing that in my mind starts to compare to the the joy that they must have been feeling would be when a soldier returns home. You've seen this image before, right? Soldier just gets off the plane, he's on the tarmac, and his wife and his child run up to him. Oh You're home. It's so good to see you. Now, of course, this analogy can only be pushed so far because the soldier didn't die. The soldier just came home from what could have been a precarious situation. Jesus, he dies, and he's resurrected. And his resurrection, it changes things. It changes the whole world. So this, when they go to this great place and see the empty tomb, and then they see the angel, and then they, they see Jesus, the disciples and the women, their lives are changed. Our world is changed. There is, as I see it, no other explanation for things that have happened between then and now Except that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen. What kind of things changed? Well, how about uh, the dating of the calendar, right? You know, AD, or you can call it B-C-E and C-E, that's fine, but it all hinges on one event. Jesus, and to the kid's point, Jesus' birth at that point. So, all right, all right. But still, Jesus changes things, right? He changes the disciples so that these, these f- fearful men and women who are hiding, who are scared, who at the best kept their distance when Jesus was being crucified, now they're boldly proclaiming Christ to the world, to the enemies of Christ, to the ones that killed Christ, not even afraid of their own death because they realize if Jesus got up from the dead, we're all good to go. The, the church has changed things. The resurrection of Jesus has changed things. What, are we, what about looking at um, hospitals and medicine today? Colby, I'll pick on you a bit. You work for... Saint Anthony's. Hmm. Interesting. The church has had an impact on medicine and on technology. Do you know Isaac Newton was a Christian? Right? There are so many places where the resurrection of Christ has changed this world and has changed our lives. So this place, this place of promise, it was a, a great promise. To be sure, but it was also, also a, how shall I say, uh, a sober promise. Jesus in Matthew twenty-six, just a few hours before his death, he also prophesied and predicted some other things. He says this: "Strike the shepherd." And the whole flock of sheep shall be scattered. And that's what happened. The disciples, to their own reluctance and resistance, ended up fleeing. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked them to pray with them, and they fell asleep. When Jesus was being beaten and tortured, Peter was de- denying him three times to the point of hearing the rooster crow and feeling guilt and shame. All the disciples, they had, they had gone, they had been scattered, they had fleed, and, of course, most overing thing of all, Jesus' death on the cross. On Friday, a couple days ago, we had our Good Friday worship service and, of course, we focused on Christ's passion and his cross specifically. And during the service towards the end, we wrote our personal sins on these black index cards. Not meant for anyone to, to look at, right? Just wrote them on there. And then we came forward and nailed them to the cross. Our sins of pride, our sins of lust, our sins of hatred, apathy. Times that we've fallen short of God's glory. Times when we thought we could pull a fast one on our family and friends. This is what Jesus suffered for us. And it's a sober reality. Jesus isn't trying to give us unrealistic or crazy pipe dreams. No. In the middle of this world, there is brokenness. There is sin that needs to be taken care of. And Jesus took that sin to the cross for our sake. But The promise of Christ continued. Jesus predicted, yes, strike the sheep, or strike the shepherd, and the whole flock of sheep shall be scattered. But he also, right behind that, says, when I'm resurrected, when I have risen, go to Galilee, to a specific mountain up there, Galilee was, you know, at the time they were in Jerusalem, in Judea. Galilee was a few days' journey by foot north of where they were. Go there, and I'll meet you. And it seemed like during Christ's suffering and death, the disciples forgot that part. It's kind of an important part, right? But he reminds the women and reminds the disciples at the tomb... The angel reminds them, look, just as he said, he's risen. Just as he said, go meet him in Galilee. And they did. And they were restored. They were forgiven. They were given the grace of our Lord, the mercy of our Lord. They were given the Holy Spirit. They trusted that if if Jesus could keep that promise, that promise of resurrection, that he was good for his word with his other promises, he was trustworthy, and so when he said, "Go to Galilee, what do they do? all right we 're going right I think of uh, my wife Eden and I uh, how many here are familiar with the Myers-Briggs uh, uh, inventory. Anyone? It's kind of a personality inventory, right? And so as, as Myers-Briggs goes, I am an S, what's referred to as uh, more of a sensing individual. Eden, she's not an S, she's an I. That's intuitive, Right. And so here here let me explain what that means. Sensing if I'm going to believe something, I need to see it, I need to touch it before I believe that it's gonna happen. But Eden, she feels it in her gut. Right? But long before I can hear words from people, I can can get confirmation from other people's actions. Even there have been multiple times in our marriage where she said, yeah, I don't know about that one. You might want to proceed with caution. And I'm walking around. Oh, it'll be fine. Yeah, we're good. Everything's good, right? And next thing we know, we're burned and we're like, ugh, I should have listened to Eden, right? Or, or she has a good feeling about something and she's like, no, let's go for it, right? And I was like, I don't know, I can't, I, I don't have the faith to move forward with that. Like, I need to see more. And, and what has happened over time is I've come to trust her eye, her intuition, because oftentimes she's, she's right, all right? So, not a sermon on marriage today, but... Generally speaking, husbands, <laughs> your wives are right, right? So, <laughs> and so I, I, followed, uh, I followed her. I learned her. I've, I've gained that trust. I've recognized, wow, she's shown me over and over and over that her intuition is, is trustworthy. J- Jesus' word is trustworthy. Jesus' prediction of his death and resurrection Trustworthy. Jesus' predictions about the end times and and about sins and and that sort of stuff, they're they're trustworthy. Predictions about the destruction of Jerusalem. Trustworthy. And we've seen that play out. I think Jesus' resurrection should also cause us to go back and see, well, what else did he say That's trustworthy. One of Jesus' most famous sermons, often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, after he gets done with that sermon, he says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And through the lens of Christ's resurrection, we can look back and say, hmm, yeah, his words are trustworthy. They are good. And so, what we're going to do starting next week is start a... New sermon series called "This Is the Way," based on Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. You might know that phrase, "This is the way," right? From Mandalorian. Anyone Mandalorian fans? Right. I am. This is little little Yoda Grogu, right? So, and and uh, the Mandalorian kind of code that they often recite is, "This is the way," right? Through a, Uh, Whether it's hard or easy, this is the way. Well, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, gives us life application instructions for dealing with relationships and for dealing with things like hate and prayer and fasting. This is the way. I invite you, if you're here today, to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord, know that just as he promised his resurrection, he also has given us other words of promise in life. And I invite you to come and join us as we hear those words these, this Easter season starting next week. Jesus Christ has conquered sin, has conquered death, has conquered the devil himself, and given us life in its place. Alleluia. Christ is risen.